On today's episode of Senior Quotes, we run back all the picks of last night's NFL draft, as well as get into, of course, some Bachelor talk, some more Listen to Your Heart, and maybe a little Jordan documentary and everything else going on in sports in this coronavirus pandemic. Let's get into it. What's up, guys, and welcome to another edition of the Senior Quotes Sports Podcast in partnership with Big Picture Sports Group. I'm your host, Aiden Broderick, joined by my co-host, Jack Coleman. Jack, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. And if you heard that partnership with Big Picture Sports, uh, nothing too major, so we'll just explain it real quick. But our good friend and reoccurring guest, Jack Butterfield, uh, started up this kind of sports group where we're blogging, posting articles, doing other podcasts, and we are a part of it. So we just figured that putting our podcast on there would be beneficial for both sides, get this podcast more exposure, uh, more content for the site, while also being the you know premier pro- podcast of that uh, group. So it, it's a win-win and a group of really good guys and a group that we're a part of. So we figured it would just make a lot of sense. Yeah, so the podcast is still ours, you know, the same way that we were promoting with Crunch Time Sports when we first started, excuse me. Uh, it was always our own thing, but just a way to promote it. And with Jack, obviously, we're trying to help out with his articles as well and maybe some other podcasts you might be able to catch us yeah. on. But this comes first, and we will be sticking with it and really excited to see what this partnership brings. But, yeah, we have a lot to get through. I think first and foremost, the NFL draft, as I was just telling Jack, I've got my Super Bowl 42. Oh, yeah, you are. <laughs> the, yeah, uh, me, me and Trey, we're uh, Trey getting ready for tonight, yeah. You know, big round two tonight. So yeah, and then I had to—I was gonna say I had to break this out because I don't know if I've worn this in like ten plus years, but it's just a special day, a special jersey, and we're happy about the pick that our team made last night. I think that might be the first thing we talk about. Honestly, is the Andrew yeah, Thomas I, pick. I mean, four. I feel like we're gonna go through the the draft in its entirety. There was a a lot that went on without a lot going on. If that makes right. sense. Um, you know, it was nothing too crazy. And, and I have some theories as to why, you know, that kind of happened. Uh, but this is where the fun starts tonight. It's these later rounds where you get, you know, the really cool players that didn't get a lot of face time going into this uh, that could end up making a big difference for a lot of teams out there. And there's still a lot of great players on the board. So it's going to be some really exciting stuff. Definitely tonight. Uh, we're recording this now on Friday afternoon. So definitely tonight for the second round. Uh, but also the rounds to come the rest of the weekend. Yeah, exactly. And uh, there's a lot of first-round talent still on the board, and the Giants pick yeah. pretty early in the second round. I'm thinking that I'd be cool with a trade down because we just have mm-hmm. so many holes to fill, and there's so much that's going to be available throughout the second round. So if we move to, like, the middle of the round, got a fourth rounder in return, something like that, I'm all for it. Yeah, um, not mind at all. Yeah, there's so many skill positions that we can fill. I'm sure we'll see a wide receiver taken, maybe a corner, hopefully a linebacker as well. But we took our offensive tackle, the future Andrew Thomas, who ESPN didn't expect it. But going into the college season last year was ranked the best offensive tackle on the board, probably the most pro ready, probably the best pick to play left tackle from the get go. And that's what this team needs. So how are you feeling about it, Jack? I'm I'm loving it. I'm first. So let me break this down. Firstly, I was slightly annoyed because all along I thought if we were taking a tackle, I wanted to trade down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was annoyed when we made that pick at four, especially when it wasn't uh, Worfs or Wills or one of the guys that you had been hearing, you know, a, a standout guy from the, the class of linemen, if you're going to be taking it at four. Um, so I was a little annoyed at that. But then, you know, realizing that Gettleman was taking his time with his pick makes it seem like he had been trying to trade down for most of it. Um, but I don't think that anyone was really willing to – give him anything worthwhile. So you know what, if that's not the case, let's just take our guy. And it turns out that Thomas was number one uh, O-line draft prospect for the Giants. So, I mean, I think that's a win-win. It's kind of almost reminded me of Daniel Jones last year where it wasn't necessarily who everyone expected, but it had been their number one guy going in and they had him there. They figured let's just secure him. And this is definitely a safe pick. It's a pick that Giants fans needed for a while. You know, everyone would, get upset that we hadn't picked an O-line guy. And I think now that we have our franchise quarterback in Daniel Jones, we have our star uh, running back in Saquon Barkley. This is an awesome pick. Um, yeah. Looking at a lot of his tape, you know, 
Saquon Barkley is going to be scoring like crazy and racking up yards next year. That was literally going to be my first point is that if uh, you can call him number one in anything out of the four offensive tackles, it's run blocking. I think he'll be good at pass blocking as well, but this guy is going to open up so many different opportunities for Saquon to go crazy, like you said. So I'm really excited about that. And in general, I think it's cool that the Giants aren't really swayed by the media and mm-hmm. who they're picking in their mock drafts and the Mel Kuypers and the Todd McShays. Uh, prayers out to Todd McShay as well, who has announced that he has the coronavirus and missed the draft yeah. last night. So it's big stuff for him. Um, but anyway, their mock drafts, you know, a lot of people base what they're doing off of that, myself included, you know, and what to expect for the draft. But at the same time, you know, they know better than probably those scouts or scouts, you know, that are putting out their different analysis and their drafts online. Hello, Ma. How you doing? That's two for two in episodes where she's coming. We have the door in the camera this time. So that's pretty exciting. Um, but yeah, so like these experts, um, like <laughs> their opinion probably isn't as accurate, honestly, as the actual scouts that these teams have for what their team wants. So someone might say, go Tristan Wirfs or use that connection that Joe Judge has to Alabama to say Jedick Wills. But clearly Andrew Thomas was the number one guy on our board. So I support it. I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do. Yeah, it's all around just a great pick. It's a safe pick, like I said before, and I think it's going to do a lot for this team. It was the pick that we've needed for a couple of years now. We kind of did it out of order by getting Saquon and, and getting that star talent and then getting our quarterback instead of, you know, going Darnold uh, a while back. But, you know, now everything seems almost at peace in, in, in terms of the draft that we've made up for everything we had wanted to really get in the past couple of years. And now it's just about building up around all of that and building up our defense even more so after the free agency gets that we had. Uh, so I think that this team is in the right direction. I think this is a move for years to come. I actually saw this on Twitter. You probably did too. Uh, but one guy was saying, we need to treat Thomas like the first round, the, the first pick uh, that he is for us. Uh, along the lines of a guy like Saquon or Daniel Jones, where, you know, we need to develop him. We need to take our time with him. There's no immediate rush right now. You know, start him at right tackle for now uh, and, and work our way into having this guy be having a long tenure with this team. Yeah, and then the last uh, – honestly, the last first rounder. I was just going to say offensive tackle, but the last first rounder I can think of with the last name Thomas – future Hall of Famer Joe Thomas, who played, I think, 10 years of the Cleveland Browns at left tackle. So let's see what happens with this one. If he can live up to the last name, then we're set, honestly. Yeah, Um, of course. I really think it's going to – overall, I just think it's a great pick, and I think it's going to work out really well for us. And we'll be looking back around, you know, all this talent that was in this draft class, and I think Thomas is going to stand out as one of the talents of this, you know, stacked draft class. Yeah, and it made sense to go tackle this early. Like, I agree with you. If Andrew Thomas really could have been available at eight or nine, I would have preferred that we traded down and took him then. But we don't know. I I saw a report that the Dolphins, now I don't think they would have picked him over Tua, but they also had Thomas as their best offensive tackle. So it would have been considered. And again, you go franchise quarterback in that situation, but other teams might have been thinking the same way, and they had Thomas above these other tackles while the media made it sound like they were all kind of grouped together. And that's how I thought it was going into it. But I think there is um, one offensive tackle still around that could have been a first-round talent. That's Josh Jones out of Houston. But we probably preferred to get that franchise guy at the top of the first round instead of seeing what's left in the second. And now, yeah, we passed on Isaiah Simmons, who we'll talk about in a sec. But there are so many players in those positions. Sure, not positionless like Simmons is. But in the second round, in the third, and the fourth, so if we want that linebacker, Zach Baum's right there at the top of the second round. We might want him. We might want that guy Gross Matos out of Penn State to be an edge rusher. I mean, I have a list of players I want, and I'm sure one of them at least will be available when we pick at 36. That's four picks in in the second round. We're early. So we'll yeah. see what happens. Um, so I guess right now we can just kind of go through, uh, mo- uh, you know, pretty much the draft. Uh, yeah. Starting out, of course, we have Joe Burrow. It was a no-brainer. Uh, he, it was, it was bound to happen. We knew this for weeks. We knew going in that the Bengals had to pick Joe Burrow. He's, you know, who the fans had built up as their pick. He had is coming off one of the best, 
if not the best college football seasons ever as a quarterback, um, winning the Heisman and the national championship. And, you know, I, I think Joe can do it. I, I think he's proven time and time again, even with all, all the doubt that he is that guy, he can win. Uh, I'm a little concerned because, and we talked about this actually when I did that interview with Hubs too, uh, but he's coming off such a big high right now. And throughout his career, you know, he's had bad seasons. We're forgetting that. He has had bad seasons like at Ohio State being, what, the fourth string guy, third string. Um, I think that right away you, you may not necessarily get exactly the hype around Joe Burrow that he has coming into this draft. I, I don't think you're getting that final product of Joe Burrow. I mean, Peyton Manning even commented on he's totally cool with Joe Burrow taking his uh, rookie season interception uh, um, stat line. So I, I think that Joe Burrow might not do it right away for Cincinnati. I, I think if they can retain some of their weapons, uh, you know, mix in AJ Green, it, it'll be, you know, a little bit easier, but uh, don't expect anything spectacular right away from Burrow. I think just like he was in college, though, like you mentioned, he should be treated as a developmental project in the NFL. And sure, he's going to be asked to start right away. Cincinnati won't keep Andy Dalton. I think he's a free agent already. Um, and because of that, you know, they're going to want to see Burrow start. And I'm sure he'll look good in the preseason. You know, people will hype up his first start. And I agree with you. I think he's going to have a slow start to the NFL. There's just such a major adjustment between college and the pros. Even when you're playing in the SEC, which – Good for him that he lit up the SEC because that's the best conference in college football, no question. But at the same time, it's still not the NFL. You know, you have guys who are making so much money and have been training for years, have so much more experience. They're so much quicker off the snap. I, I You know what I'm saying. Um, and it's going to be yeah. difficult. Yeah, I, I don't – I also don't think that, you know, this is – you know, Joe Burrow is going to be good eventually. I really think so. Um like I said, not maybe not right away, but I think that Joe Burrow is the guy that down the line, once they build up this team, he is a guy that has proven he can win championships. He can win rings. And I think down the line, this is going to be a great quarterback for the franchise. And honestly, the only quarterback pick that you could go in this draft where you're not going wrong. I really don't think that Joe Burrow is going to be a complete bust, but yeah. The one thing I will say, though, um, I said it last night when I was watching the draft of the Durnies, uh, and it was just that someone out of this LSU team is going to be a bust in yeah. that it was kind of a system created by Joe Brady. I believe that was the name of the offense coordinator, but just that entire coaching staff, you know, to make this incredible national championship team. And the fact that Burrow developed and blossomed into maybe, like you said, the best college season of all time, that doesn't just happened because of the player developing and by his skill set, which definitely came along, but it's the players that he's playing with and, you know, the coaching staff he has as well. So you have a young coach in Zach Taylor that he's going to now have in the NFL. That's not the same as a guy who's been dominating on the college level. I, I just think he'll have a slow start. I think Justin Jefferson is going to be a little bit overrated and a little bit underwhelming when he starts out. And even some other guys, like I don't know about the defense, but there's a center still on the board that the Giants want. And I think he might not even work because it feels similar to like signing a Patriots player and expecting them to do exactly the same as they did for Belichick. Mm -hmm. I'm not expecting the same production from most of these LSU guys, at least out of the gate. Yeah, I mean, in regards to Burrow too and playing in that system, look at another guy who had one of the best college football seasons ever in Tim Tebow you know, and he's playing baseball now. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I want to believe in Burrow. I think Burrow can be better uh, than Tebow in, in terms of, I, I don't know. There's something about Burrow's mentality that I really like, and I think that he can do it here. Uh, but long-term, we'll have to see. And you're right about it being uh, the offensive coordinator system at LSU. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm – I'm sure Burrow's going to translate better than Tebow because of styles, but I think another comparison could be like Vince Young or even Reggie Bush at a different position, guys that killed it in college and had a bit of a career in the NFL. Like Reggie Bush played for a couple seasons. Yeah. Vince Young only for like two or three before he became a mm -hmm. bust. Um, and it's just because, you know, playing in college and succeeding there, 
doesn't necessarily translate. It's different ways to win and different competition levels. So we'll see. I mean, at the same time, you have guys who light up college and also light it up in the pros. You have guys who go completely under the radar in college. We could see like a Jordan Love who threw like 15, 16 interceptions, and then the Packers trade up for him to maybe replace Rodgers. What do you think of that? Uh, terrible. It's terrible. And I, so I'm torn on it because I like the pick because I think Jordan Love can be this talent out of this draft class that he potentially could be the best quarterback out of this draft class given the yeah. right system to work in. And, you know, it's a very similar situation to the Favre Aaron Rodgers uh, setup when Rodgers was coming into the Packers. So, you know, and that leads you to think that this can be a good quarterback of the future, especially given Jordan Love's talent. But first of all, Aaron Rodgers has definitely some gas left in the tank. He can still throw. He has played numerous seasons without any real talent around him. I mean, you have uh, Devontae Adams, who's one of the top wide receivers in the league. And uh, like that's good. But And Jordy Nelson all those years back. But, I mean, none of those guys were, you know, first round, first pick, ginormous talent. They need to help Aaron Rodgers out. If you're trying to win, you don't pick a quarterback first round. You could have easily, easily traded up somewhere later on and gotten a guy like Jake Fromm, who I actually think that the Pats might be looking at. I'm really kind of thinking that Fromm is going to end up there. I think he is a uh, perfect fit with Belichick, and they have the same kind of work ethic. It'll, it'll go well if that happens. But I don't understand what the Packers are doing with this pick. You have to help out Aaron Rodgers when he still has years left. There's going to be more guys like Jordan Love. I don't think that Jordan Love is the end-all and be-all that you have to get him right now in this draft this year. Well, also, um, the Patriots are a team with Jared Stidham as basically their only quarterback on the roster right now. They need a quarterback, and they traded down with the opportunity to take Jordan Love. That's not a good sign. They don't want not a good sign. Yeah, they Never want Easton or Fromm or somebody yeah. else that fits their system better. So I don't like that look. I think he has a lot of potential, but right now he, he couldn't come in and start a game. So the fact that you can play him behind a guy like Rodgers sounds great on paper. Like that's what it's got. The situation had to be for love. That's, all, that's great. Yeah. Like I, I like the fact that he is behind Rodgers. I like the fact that he's their guy after Rodgers. I'm okay with all of that, but why right now? But yeah. Why when you were trying, Aaron Rodgers to win you a title why have you never helped out Aaron Rodgers he I think they never generational quarterback talent yeah and he has never gotten the weapons that he deserves like never. other than Devontae Adams who I don't think was a first round pick I'm pretty sure yeah. they've never taken a skill position in the first round at least since 2010 maybe since Rodgers until this pick and it's Jordan Love so not the skill position that Rodgers was expecting to help him out maybe thinking a wide receiver, but they, to be fair, the run on receivers happened so much quicker than I think people expected. Judy fell. Ruggs went above Judy, which I thought was surprising, but kind of fit the Raiders system. And then you had CeeDee Lamb falling to the Cowboys, which scares the hell out of me. So then all of a sudden teams are like, oh, we got to take our receivers. So the Eagles reach on Jalen Rieger. The Vikings, in my opinion, reach on Justin Jefferson. That dude out of Arizona State, Brandon Ayuk, uh, I forget where he went, but he gets picked. And then I think a couple others maybe at the end too. I, I lost power for a yeah, bit I last mean, night. So Top of the list going into tonight, we still have T. Higgins. Yeah. Uh, who honestly, even if the Giants were to take, I don't necessarily think it's the right move right now, but I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it. We still need a solid receiver in this offense. Oh, we do. So, and that's a guy who – is really talented and he's in the second round right now. I'm okay with it. Um, but yeah, the run on receivers was crazy. I like Judy going to the Broncos, helping out Drew Locke. I, I really like Drew Locke. We all forget uh, how great of a, uh, you know, end bookend to the season he had last year. Uh, you know, he did some pretty good stuff and that defense is always going to be pretty good. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's a great, great find there, but in terms of Jordan Love, I, I just have no idea. I, I would be pissed if I was a Packers fan. 
Well, I'd be pissed if I was Aaron Rodgers. And I think he's not really going to be a good mentor because of his personality. The dude is known for being stuck up, cocky. And yes, he's great. But part of the reason he and Mike McCarthy didn't work is it was a battle of egos. And even when they won their one Super Bowl, they weren't even getting along then. They should have won like at least three or four if Brady and Belichick could win six in their time. So I think that... The the Pats will help out Brady, though. Right, right. I mean, even look at last year when Brady has aged, they still went and got Nikhil Harry. Like, come on. Brady didn't even come back this following season. (laughs) They were still going all in, banking on Tom Brady. So why can the Packers not get one of these receivers right now? It's absurd to me. So my my assumption is McCarthy and Rodgers didn't get along. So McCarthy never really picked receivers for Rodgers, and he just thought it was his system that made it work, and obviously that wasn't true. It went both ways there. Now he's gone. Matt LaFleur's in. And my assumption, again, I, I don't know this for sure, is that he didn't get along with Rodgers. He thinks that Rodgers is you know going to be retiring soon because we're used to quarterbacks like Breeze and Brady – and not really Peyton Manning, but kind of, who have been great until they were 40-plus. But that doesn't happen for everyone. And Rodgers is already 36. But then again, they were so close to the Super Bowl last year. I think they made the NFC Championship. So why are you not picking T. Higgins, like you said, or a different receiver, or trading down and taking them a little bit later if you think they'll be there? This pick feels weird to me because if you're trying to develop someone behind Rodgers – Maybe he would have been open to it if it was a late second rounder. And he said, oh, what's up, Jacob Eason? Yeah, I'll, I'll teach you a little bit because I don't think he's going to give him all his tips. He doesn't want to lose his job. If you're investing in a first rounder on a playoff team that could still be championship caliber if they had targets past Devontae Adams, that was their big issue last year. I, I agree with you that it's ridiculous. I think Jordan Love oh, has Matt a lot of potential. Oh, Komet too. Oh, Komet. Komet, I don't know if um, – do they need tight end? I guess they do. Yeah, I mean, wh- who they have right now? Jimmy Graham still? Like, no, he's a bear. <laughs> what? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, they need quarterback help, if anything. Um, well, I guess Nick Foles will be okay. Uh, yeah. But I will say, in regards to Aaron Rodgers, like, I would not be surprised if Aaron Rodgers tries to force some kind of trade and, and get out of the Packers right now honestly try and force a trade to the Bears because <laughs> they need a quarterback wow. and Rodgers can screw over the Packers as much as he wants in that division so I would not hate that I, I also think that maybe he could try and pull New England and try and wind up mm-hmm. on the Pats too that's and what I was about to say so I don't know if I'm Aaron Rodgers I'm trying to force a trade 100 percent um, it, it is a tough position because you don't want to help out a guy like Jordan Love. If I am Jordan Love, I'm just acknowledging Rodgers for what he is. Try to gain whatever knowledge you can from him uh, because he really is a generational talent. Yeah. And, you know, just try and wait on your moment. I, I think another thing is, you know, Rodgers is literally, besides last season, the year before, coming off that very serious injury, and, you know, if that happens again, it's Jordan, it's the Jordan Love show in Wisconsin. So I don't know. I, it's a weird situation, but I, I hate it. I hate it for Packers fans. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I, I feel like we've covered it all, but I, I do think it made sense to take a quarterback in this draft, but it didn't make sense to take him where they did. Um, and I think if they went about it, like the Patriots are probably going to trading out of the first round, getting a fourth rounder, I think, to move down. I can't remember. I think that was right. And then they'll probably pick their quarterback where, you know, with their first pick in the second round. And that's how it probably should have gone because Love was expected to go in the first to some kind of QB needy team. But are the Packers even QB needy yet? Like, again, you could pick a developmental project in the second or third round. But I was expecting a team that you know, looks more like the Patriots. If they like Jordan Love, that would be a team that could try and develop them. But it, I, it, it doesn't make sense. I, I, I think I'm riding on the Pats. I, I'm really convinced the Pats go with Jake Fromm. I'm going to say that, I think. Yeah, Fromm or Eason or not Hurts, but it would be kind of cool if they took Hurts and somehow made him work with the Belichick system. That would be like the yeah. modern-day Belichick uh, system. He like tries to introduce a running quarterback into the system. That'd be scary, but I just don't think Hurts 
Yeah. I just don't think Hertz is going to be that great, though. You know, that could be a hot take, but I, I, he's not Lamar Jackson. I, I just don't see him translating like uh, Lamar did. Um, but, yeah, you know, we'll see. I, I do want to say um, about the Jerry Judy pick that that's a sick receiving core now because Cortland Sutton's dope. Now, Jerry Judy, I think, is the best receiver in the class by a mile. Henry Ruggs is dope because of how fast he is, but Judy is on another level. So the fact Ruggs, that so many teams passed on him for for the Raiders, I I think that's fine. Like I don't yeah, not yeah. like that pick, but Judy, hundred percent. I'm going into fantasy and seeing Judy as a wide receiver one, mm-hmm. maybe wide receiver two because we haven't seen anything yet. But that dude is going to be good. He the one of the hardest things in the NFL for a receiver is to get open, and Jerry Judy gets open. That's his main thing, and I've seen him live do this. It's incredible. The dude is open yeah. for miles. So I really think that the Broncos really got lucky here in him falling to them. And I think it's huge for a young quarterback like Drew Locke to have another young but also already reliable target. Yeah, and I wonder if they were even thinking about taking wide receiver going into the class. It seems similar to what the Cowboys probably did where they weren't thinking receiver and then C.D. Lamb still on the board. And they apparently had him ranked eighth overall on their big board. You take him. You know, that is how you should draft. You shouldn't stick to position needs, in my opinion, because that's how you pick a bust is if you reach down the board like we did for Flowers a couple years ago. We should have gone – I forget what draft that was. That might have been like the Todd Gurley draft. We could have had him a couple picks later, et cetera, et cetera. There were better picks on the board, so many of them. And, we and that's why Morgan. looking back at, at drafting Saquon, like he is the best talent yeah. there. And we've never had a stud running back really in the past couple of years. So I, you know, with that mentality, Saquon's a great pick. And Daniel Jones falling to us, or not falling to us, but us picking him where we did. In the long run, I, I looked back at, uh, you know, redrafts recently, and they still had us picking Daniel Jones because mm-hmm. of how he turned out this past season. It, it all works out. And obviously, um, going forward, we can't fall into the Eric Flowers trap. I, I will say that the two picks that we're going to have to play against, and this is getting into the second pick overall, in Chase Young and C.D. Lamb is really scary on both mm-hmm. sides of the field. That's tough for the Giants to have to match up against. I'm hoping that the Chase Young pick – isn't super impactful early on because the Redskins need so much more, you know, before they become a winning team. But that's a pick alone where if we didn't take an offensive lineman like Andrew Thomas, Chase Young would be racking up three, four sacks every time he lined up against the Giants. So that's the thing. I also thought that since the Redskins like took Chase Young, it was definite set in stone. We had to get our tackle. Yeah. That, that was a no brainer then. I, I think that that's kind of why there was a lot of uh, additional talk as to what we could be doing, maybe going with Simmons. Uh, but, you know, once that pick is locked in, because no one knew if the Redskins were for sure going Chase Young. Uh, I mean, as it got closer to the draft, it seemed like they would. But once they got him, you have to protect your young quarterback. So it just made sense to get Thomas where we did. Yeah, exactly. And then we're talking about Simmons, who we passed up on to take Andrew Thomas. I think he's another example of the media hyping up someone because they're unique. It's the unicorn kind of pick like Porzingis or those kinds of players in the NBA where it's like, whoa, he doesn't fit one position. What's he going to do? That's cool. That doesn't mean that NFL teams see him as a top five guy. So as exciting as he could have been lining up for us, and I would have totally supported the pick, I would have gotten super excited about him, no lie. But I I think we made the right move because I think in the long run, it's going to be more valuable to have – a left tackle like Andrew Thomas, if he does live up to his potential, then a guy like Isaiah Simmons, who we don't even know what role he'll play yet. And we have safety somewhat covered with Julian Love and uh, Peppers, uh, Jabril Peppers. Um, And while we could still address safety and add some depth, try to move Love back to corner, uh, it it wouldn't make sense. And then is Isaiah Simmons going to be good at linebacker? Because he's kind of in the middle there. I think it makes a lot of sense looking back with all the questions surrounding Simmons fit for us specifically to go left tackle. So I am happy with the pick now. I, I was preferring Simmons or, you know, a tackle I knew more about last night. And then I remembered Andrew Thomas was ranked early or higher during the actual college season. And it was just kind of like the media needing something to talk about after the combine and looking in for the negatives about any prospect they could. I don't even know what the dig is at Andrew Thomas. It was just other guys did better at the combine. 
And we just watched the game tape and we're like, this is the guy, this is the best player available. So yeah, not I, to talk too much more about the Giants, but I, I like it. Joe Judge who said that, uh, you know, Andrew Thomas plays big in big games. And yeah. that's all that really matters end of the day is you want a guy who shows up when it counts. Um, but also in regards to Redskins getting Chase Young, um, you know, that makes sense as to why we also went Thomas as our O-line guy. You want the most NFL-ready guy to match up against uh, and, and protect Daniel Jones against a player who was beyond NFL-ready in right. Chase Young. So the pick makes so much sense if you really break it down. Um, but we can get off the Giants uh, for <laughs> now and work our way to right below us, Tua, going to the Dolphins. Yeah. Uh, hmm, how do I feel about this? Like, I, I thought it was destined. We've said for a while that the fit was Tua to the Dolphins. I think this goes back over a year. But yeah. the fact that he got hurt and has shown a lot of injury proneness and, you know, question marks around that, that's risky taking a guy top five and saying, be your franchise quarterback when you have – the same kind of proneness as a guy like RG3 did when the Redskins took him way back when. And now they have a quarterback. They're looking, what are we, seven years since that draft, and they have already used another first-round pick on a quarterback in Dwayne Haskins. So it's not RG3, at least, not a long-term guy. He runs more than to a different styles for sure. But the same kind of proneness and a lot of guys that are going to be able to rush the quarterback and hit him hard, you got to be able to take those hits in the NFL when you're playing 16 weeks of a season. I I like him. I think he has a lot of potential. It's going to be cool to see a lefty back in the NFL. But I don't know. I, I, really, I really don't know what he's going to end up doing. I think that it could go a lot of different ways. I, I, I really like Tua going to the Dolphins. I think that this all comes down really to coaching and mm-hmm. getting him to not take those hard hits. That was one thing that Saban said about uh, Tua was that he needs to learn how to not take these type of hits. So if he can do that and develop on that, I think Tua was a no-brainer for the Dolphins here. I think he is a steal for the Dolphins here because I think that if he were to fall any lower and some team snatched him up even lower, it would have been horrible because he is that guy. I think he is going to be a good quarterback. I think he is really going to be one of the best quarterbacks in this draft class. And, yes, injuries are scary, but I I think you take that risk, especially – if you're the, a team who has so many draft picks like Miami, who has good coaching like Miami, I think you take that risk and get a guy who has proven before that he can win and, you know, who hopefully can do it again for South Beach. I think another example, though, of QBs in great systems, you know, excelling would be this, though, because LSU and Alabama, their quarterbacks go in the top five. I don't know how they're going to do in a, a team that just doesn't have that kind of talent around them right now. But what I will say is, you know, if they don't take Tua, like you said, at five, he just goes right there at six to the Chargers. So now the Chargers had to take uh, Justin Herbert, who, again, I liked him two years ago when we needed a quarterback, you know, during the college season. So coming into last year's draft. And then he says he's not going to declare just yet. He's going to go back to college. And he just didn't even look as good as he did the year before. So in my opinion, both of these picks – I have question marks around them. And like you said, the only sure thing it seems like a quarterback is Burrow, if even. So these three quarterbacks, really cool storylines around all of them. It's going to be interesting to see how they do because I don't, I don't really know how any of them will do day one. I think that the Chargers have a lot of offensive talent around Herbert, which is pretty cool. But I really, really don't like him. I, I don't think he's going to pan out. I think that, yeah, sure, down the line he can be a good backup guy but he is not your franchise quarterback. I really do not trust Herbert. Um, I think he's the first out of these big three to kind of really bust. Yeah, also a point that I just remembered about the Tua pick is I feel really bad for Josh Rosen, who for the second straight year uh, has been on a team where they've used their first pick on a quarterback. So the question marks around where he might end up, I'm going to throw in the crazy idea that he could be traded to the Patriots, the Dolphins being in the same division, probably doesn't make sense, but imagine this guy who has to have a crazy chip on his shoulder because he's just never been given the he's shot. Good. He's, he's good. I, I still think he will be. And this he won't be good on the Dolphins because he won't get that opportunity unless he beats Tua I still out. I remember him camp. pairing up USC and Donald in college. Yep. You know, that is talent. He went in against a very good USC team, and it was a blow-for-blow blow quarterback matchup. 
And Josh Rosen came out victorious in that matchup. I really think that this dude just needs to find the right spot, almost like a, a, a Tannehill-type situation where Tannehill ends up with the Titans and does really well. I think that's going to happen for Josh Rosen one day. And, you know, the league is going to regret it. He's young. He has a lot of time left to develop. I don't know what he's learned from being behind, like, Fitzpatrick last year. Fitz has been around for a while, so maybe he did pass on some good lessons. He does seem like the kind of guy who would be a good mentor. And I don't know. He hasn't retired yet. I don't know if he's still under contract with the Dolphins, uh, but I don't think he'll be back to uh, start over Tua. I don't know if Tua's a day one guy either. You know, his injury could still – like his current injury could affect him going into next season, but we don't even know when next season's starting. A lot of question marks there, but what I would say is Rosen is going to get traded. That would be sick if Rosen got traded like tonight and we knew where he'd end up. If he yeah. goes to the Patriots, though, watch out. Because then they just don't pick any of the quarterbacks here right now. They have a Stidham and Rosen QB battle. Or he just uh, – Belichick just trains them both up like he did with uh, Brissett and Jimmy G at the same time and traded them both away for assets. I'm scared of the Pats because they can always pull this, you know, whenever. and You never expect it. So a lot of opportunities for them to develop their next quarterback. Yeah, I, I don't think that Pats fans should be, you know, and Gronk now is with the Bucks. We haven't really talked about this on here yet, but Gronk came out of retirement, went to go play with uh, Brady on the Bucks. The Pats trade him <clears throat> for a fourth rounder. And I, if I'm a Pats fan, I'm not worried. I'm not worried until Bill Belichick is not my coach. Yeah. Because everything that you guys have is at least – 50%, if not more, because of Bill Belichick. Mm -hmm. And he's made calls that have seemed very questionable in the past and have always turned up right. So don't worry. I think that it's a scary thing that Bill Belichick has so many picks now. Um, and I think the QB watch on the Pats is going to be something to really look at in the next couple of nights here with the draft. Yeah, I think – I don't think it's a hot take, but I'm going to say that convincingly – Belichick is like three times as important to the Pats run of rings than Brady is because yes, Brady was the one on the field performing, but Belichick's the one that brought Brady to where he became and, you know, not trained him up, but developed him into the perfect backup quarterback for when Drew Bledsoe got hurt. And then there you go. Tom Brady becomes a six time champ. So I think he can do the same thing with any position. We've seen that just because they play a system so well and quarterback is one of those picks and like you said they have like 12 or 13 picks I think maybe it's only like 10 or 11 but they're up there and the fact that Belichick can just pick any player who just fits like the athletic build he needs maybe shows a little bit of the skills and technical ability during the games or the tape that he watches and he's just like boom give me him like no one else even expects it and then he turns out to be perfect I, so I, I'm, I'm still scared hot take i think that the pats do just around as good maybe a little bit worse maybe a game or two worse than this past season if you look back brady really didn't do much for the pats the past two years even the super bowl win you know mm -hmm. didn't really do much i mean there was the, the battle against the chiefs was was really something um but outside of that i I mean, he made passes that other capable quarterbacks in the league could have made in that system. So I'm scared because I think the Pats can get right back to being good if they have that quarterback pick. I, I really think it's just Bill Belichick at the helm here, and he's going to prove everyone that he is the real reason behind this Pats dynasty. I agree with that, but I do also want to see Pats fans finally have a losing record and how oh, they too. react to that because they've <laughs> never seen it before. Yeah, and it's just ridiculous. Like, they don't understand what it's like to have a rebuilding team. And now when I see texts about their, like, tweets or whatever, where it's like, how do we not get a first rounder for Rob Gronkowski? I'm just like, you don't understand this process. Like, you don't know what people's worths are. I'm sorry, but you can't get mad about <coughs> not getting a pick when the guy was literally in 24-7 for WWE <laughs> the weekend before. You cannot get upset about that. The fact Literally. you're even getting a fourth rounder from a guy who was wrestling a couple of weeks ago is absurd. Yeah. So they need to stop it. it it's, it's Boston fans. They're crazy. Um, they don't really get it. 
It, when have they ever had a team that has been remotely in a rebuild, you know? I mean, even the Red Sox and the Celtics, yes, they've had their bad years, but nothing, nothing like some of these other teams have had to endure. So exactly. you know, this is their time. They need to settle down. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how they respond to that. But I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. <laughs> they just it'll be interesting to see when they have a young quarterback who very likely won't be able to play like Brady did, at least in the first season, then yeah, you, you know, they're going to have different results and different record, but like you said, they could also perform better. You just never really know. It's good. Deb. Right on. Everybody's popping in today. Um, what was I going to say next? We did skip over a top five pick in Jeffrey Okuda at number three overall. So what did you think of that for the Lions? Yeah. I mean, that was another one of those picks where, Coming into the draft, he had been, you know, in that top group. And I think that the Lions were maybe willing to trade down if given the right circumstances. But if not, you're still getting a top defensive talent in Okuda. So, you know, the way things happened there, there weren't, as we saw with the Giants, really a lot of uh, trading down talk. I say you just go for it, get your guy there. You can't go wrong with it, you know? Yeah, no, I totally agree. And what I would say is that after Darius Slay was traded, it seemed like cornerback made sense for them. And I thought they might think about offensive tackle or honestly could have thought about Isaiah Simmons. But both of those guys probably would have come for them if they decided to trade down. And they took just as long as the Giants did to make that decision, which makes me think they also tried to trade with the Dolphins with all the teams that could have considered it and nothing really happened. So that's why they made the pick, and I think Okuda was the best fit for them. So, yeah, yeah I like it. And they need it. I mean, they were – I believe that they were, if not the worst, then maybe tied for allowing the most interceptions in the – or for having the least amount of interceptions in the league. Yeah, that would um, make sense. And, and I think that they had averaged around like 300 yards per game um, allowed. So, you know, this is a good pick for them. It, Jeff Okuda is going to be good. You could tell from all of his film, he's a, he's a talented player. At three, I'm not hating it at all. It made sense to just, if you couldn't get a trade that uh, you really liked, Okuda's your guy, 100%. Yeah, and then because of that Okuda pick, we saw a run on corners earlier than expected. Guys yeah. like C.J. Henderson, who, yeah, they, he could be a first-round talent at corner, and I'm sure the Jags know better than I do. But it felt like a reach. And then A.J. Terrell, uh, mid-first round, I don't remember who he went to, but he's from Clemson, and he kind of had the same thing happen. So or it has the same reaction, for me at least, is that he's probably a reach going in the middle of the first round when I think his talent was early second, maybe, was what I saw the grade for it. Again, this isn't even my opinion, really. This is what I was quickly reading about on Bleacher Report and on some other sites. Because to be fair – I had all the time in the world to learn about this class, but this is like the least amount I've ever known about an NFL class. I just feel like the combine was cut kind of short this year and it was during our like return back to school before we had the quarantine begin and us get kicked off campus. So we weren't really paying attention then. And then there'd be all this talk during the pro days that didn't happen and speculation, et cetera. And I just didn't have the chance to learn about players other than who the giants might take at fourth overall. So I'm excited for tonight because I've been reading up on guys that are still around and a lot of different opportunities, both in the second and third. And I mean, there's, like I said earlier, a lot of talent that could arguably go or could have gone in the first round. So I'm excited to see where those names fall. Yeah. um, Basically we we went through a lot of the main guys in the draft so far, but to keep things kind of uh, concise here, there's, there's a couple guys that I, that stand out to me throughout the rest of the draft. Um, Derek Brown, I think is a great pick for the Panthers, uh, basically because of the quarterbacks that they have to match up against. I think going against Brady, Breeze, Matt Ryan, you know, Derek Brown is a really good pick there for them. Um, Isaiah Simmons, obviously with the Cardinals, you know, the Cardinals are shaping up to be a really scary team next year and getting Simmons to fall to them there. That's huge for their defense. Um, besides that, uh, Worf's going to the Bucks, getting Brady yeah. some that's big that is huge especially it's not considering worth trading up one pick do you remember like yeah, that and, and especially since i don't think that the 49ers were going to go with works there nah, no way. um but you know the bucks right now i, I believe we're in a full win now mentality type mm-hmm. vibe so it, it, i get that um 
But then the Niners going with Kinlaw, you know, that's pretty huge for them too because they build up that defense even more uh, with him there. I thought that was an interesting pick because they're replacing DeForest Buckner, yeah. an interior D lineman who they traded away for the pick, in order to take another D lineman. And they take so many D linemen in the first rounds. Arik Armstead, Solomon Thomas, Buckner, and now Kinlaw. Kinlaw looks good, but I feel like they keep missing Kinlaw with looks, these picks. Kinlaw I, looks good, but he's cheaper than Buckner, though. So if you think the long-term plan was to oh. get rid of Buckner and then just replace him in this draft class, you know, it's a good move. You're getting a pretty – talented guy and um for a lot cheaper at that position so yeah and i mean they got a fourth rounder for moving back one pick as well or something around there i keep throwing fourth rounder out but i swear every pick that was traded last night was a fourth rounder um but yeah i think you're right buckner was great for the niners so he did have the value to be traded for a first rounder straight up that makes sense but i thought the niners would definitely address a different position maybe give another receiver for jimmy g to throw to when I saw Judy fall to 14, I was like, "You have that has to be the pick. Like, there was no question. Mm-hmm. And they passed up on him for the Broncos to take one pick later. I don't know. They know better than me. They know what they need. And they'll probably see this large amount of wide receivers that's still available and think they can still get one now. I think they took Debo Samuel in the second round as well. It wasn't the first round. So they're probably trying to do the same thing here. That's what I would predict for them coming up tonight. But, yeah. 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 Um- you know, outside of that, um, some cool picks along the way for sure. Um, and we've already discussed some of the other ones like Justin Jefferson and the Jordan Love ordeal. Um, but to round out the draft, we've got our first running back get selected yes. with Clyde Edwards. How do you pronounce it? Hilaire? Hilaire. Um, you know, he's sitting at the bottom of the pack, could really pick whoever they wanted there. Um, and obviously – uh, Edwards Hilaire was the one they wanted and it's basically a scheme fit because he is going to play really really well for that Chiefs offense I, I read stuff about him already being a huge impact player on third down um, I, I really think that this was you know a toss-up move by the Chiefs to just kind of take whoever they wanted to develop and apparently this is their guy I'm not in any rookie dynasty leagues for uh, fantasy football, but if you are in one, take Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in your first round. He is going to be crazy. Once he becomes their every day or every down running back, which I think will happen, he's going to be insane. I I think there's no question. eh, There are other players that might be more impactful, like Judy or Ruggs or even one of the quarterbacks like Burrow. But honestly, Edward Hilaire could be the best rookie fantasy-wise out of this draft class so far. Sleep on it now. I'm calling right now. He's going to be rookie of the year. Wow. I don't know if I'd go that far because it's always a quarterback, I'm, I feel I'm like. Saying, I'm saying I like it. it. Okay. I, I, I'll I say – this guy big, and especially like you said before, personally as someone having a dynasty draft, he's first off my board, and yeah. I'm going to start riding with him now. This Chiefs team is insanely good, insanely young. They are going to be perfectly set with him in the future as their star running back. Yeah, though I will say I expected DeAndre Swift, um, who I think graded as a better running back, but Edward Tillaire has a little more power to him. I don't know if he's a better or worse receiver, but obviously he played in Joe Burrow's scheme and it all worked for them. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what he can do as well. Yeah, we still have our BC boy, A.J. Dillon. Um, obviously not a first, even second-round talent, I, I don't think. But, you know, with uh, Hilaire getting taken at that last pick, you might start to see a bit more of a rush for running backs, and you could see A.J. Dillon sneak. Also, a lot of teams uh, just kind of going outside of the mold of what had been projected for them. So, and position-wise, especially as we saw with Thomas with us, even though that was our guy, but especially looking at the wide receivers – that kind of makes me feel that running backs could be along the same lines and we could maybe see AJ Dillon go to a team where they think he's a good scheme fit for them uh, above a guy. uh, You know, I'm not saying Swift Swift is obviously just ridiculous, but uh, above other uh, running back talents. Yeah. uh, My prediction for him is that he is picked tonight, but in the mid to late third round because the second and third rounds tonight, fourth (laughs) through seventh um, on Saturday uh, I, I do really think Dylan should have a chance, a pretty solid chance at being picked tonight. And I, I would say that he will go. I don't really have a team in mind, round. but I'm sure someone, especially after you lit up the combine. Yeah, I, I'm thinking third round. 
uh, initially I was thinking I started out with fifth and then fourth. And then especially because we didn't really get the coverage on players outside of the combine that we had. Um, and that's all we're really able to base it off of. And he had such a great combine. I'm really thinking it's third round and we'll see our, you know, BC boy take a uh, flight tonight for the NFL. Yeah, for sure. I, I hadn't thought about it yet, but you kind of made me think of it just saying that people kind of benefited from there not being pro days in the same way that others definitely were hurt by not having a great combine and then they were hoping to make it up and never did. AJ lit it up, was one of the best running backs based on his physical ratings or stats, and boom, he, his stock is rising because of that. And he can do it all, really. I'm excited to see where he gets picked because a power back with that speed being compared to a Derrick Henry type, like that's scary, especially after the season Derrick Henry just had. I'm excited. I want to see where he goes. And we've seen in game AJ Dillon have runs that look like Derrick Henry. Yeah. For sure. It, like if you had the overlay between the two, there are countless times, uh, maybe not this past year, but freshman year for sure. Yeah. I had seen AJ Dillon look a lot like Derrick Henry on the run. Um, so that's interesting. I do think he will go a bit higher tonight, but I do want to ask you before we switch it up, um, who do you want the Giants to get tonight? Okay, so my first, I think the first guy on my board is the, I want to say he's from Wisconsin, Wisconsin, excuse me, but the linebacker, Zach Baum. I'm really excited about him. He's a first round talent, in my opinion, someone we were hoping to fall early second, and we need an interior linebacker. Yes, we just signed Blake Martinez. I don't think he's going to be our long-term solution there, though. He is young. But Zach Baum is a guy who could learn from Martinez, could learn from the other veterans on the team, pair well with Brian Connolly, who had a great rookie year before getting hurt last year. That would be a fun young duo in our new 3-4 defense we want to have with between Baum and Connolly. So I would prefer that. Um, if not, though, and if Grease Matos or Gross Matos from Penn State is there, I keep forgetting his first name. It starts with a Y. I, I don't know. But Penn State uh, edge rusher, we need edge rushing bad. And he, again, should have gone in the first round. He was expected to go like 20th. So if he's still there, one of those two, help the defense a little bit. Third round, maybe Chase Claypool is my pick for uh, wide receivers. We saw him at Notre Dame. He lit us up. So did Cole Komet, but we don't need tight end. Crazy good. Yeah, he's six um, foot three or four and fast. So if that guy is there, he just feels like the type of physical player – who you can develop into a route runner or like you can't teach height and you can't teach speed. And he has both. And you pair that with Slayton and Shepard who are smaller, quick guys. I would love that. I, I think that would be a perfect pairing and he could be available early third. If he is take yep. him in a heartbeat. Um, I'm going to just kind of play devil's advocate. I kind of agree with you on the picks you said for the giants, but Xavier McKinney, I think that that's a solid pick, especially with Jabril Peppers kind of up in the air right now in terms of his contract and the uh, injury at the end of last season. I think that this would be a solid pick coming out of Bama at safety. Um, if not, and, and this is my stretch, if, I kind of like T. Higgins still. I think he should be in that conversation with those other wide receiver talents. I'm a big offense guy. I think getting a wide receiver in the second round would be kind of fun, kind of a cool pick. Um, but again, the defense is what really needs the help here. So I'm going to lean more towards your picks. But, you know, there's, this show goes to show you that there is a lot of talent still on the table here. Yeah, I love the McKinney idea. The fact that he wasn't taking like mid first round was mind boggling. The fact that he's still even there and could be available at 36. Like I said earlier, we probably don't need a safety. But if we feel like Julian Love should move back to corner, even though we tried him out at strong safety last year, then we'd have a coverage guy in McKinney more of a run-stopping uh, strong safety in Peppers if we slid him over there. And then, like you said as well, Peppers might not be back here after a year or two, so we'd have a longer-term guy in McKinney. Though, to be fair, we picked a second-round Alabama free safety just a couple years ago, and now Landon Collins is over in Washington and didn't really work out as well as we had hoped. But, yeah, I think talent-wise, McKinney, Baum, Gross Matos, there are other guys as well. I wouldn't say go wide receiver just yet because that feels more like a luxury pick. But if we're able to trade down to like the end of the second round and get another pick later in the draft, then in, in the late second, I'd say you can start with wide receiver because it is a need too. I just think there's more holes on defense, like you said. Definitely. Um, that's, that's all I got heading into tonight. I think uh, so, yeah. Um, so basically, 
the, real quick, the MJ documentary happened this past weekend. We got the first two episodes. Between that and the draft, it's felt a little bit more normal in the sports world. We've had stuff to talk about. Uh, you, you're getting excited for stuff again. It's nice. It's nice to have. Um, the Jordan doc is pretty cool. It's following the his last uh, championship title season, which actually they announced today that they followed Kobe for his last season. Yeah. All access like they did Jordan. So that is going to be awesome. Even more all access, apparently. Like yeah. more and, than ever. And even better uh, camera quality and everything. So True. I, that is going to – I actually think that that is going to be better than the Jordan one. Um, it was a bit bit slow to start, honestly. Like everyone raved about it, but I'm going to be honest. It was a tiny bit slow, and it bounced around a lot early on. Um, going back to his UNC days and high school, the narrative of Jordan didn't make his high school team, which also is a lot different from, you know, making varsity and not making the team at all. It, like he didn't make varsity basketball. Like it's, it's all right. Um, but outside of that, we, we got into some cool stuff with uh, Jerry Krause, the GM of the team, who just sucks. Like, that dude <laughs> is awful. Um, the way he tried breaking up the whole team based on his ego, uh, it's pretty brutal. And then we had an episode about Scottie Pippen and him signing a contract that was well, well below what he deserved. I, I forget who they said – uh, it compared to in today's game was it like Andre Roberson? Oh, in terms of pay, I think yeah, yeah. I, I want to say that's right. Which is crazy because Scotty Pippen was awesome, and they were basically saying how this further um, caused a divide between him and Kraus. And Jordan really didn't seem to have a huge problem with Scotty. He was disappointed in him because it seemed like he was taking. Uh, monetary value over you know the, the team chemistry and everything but it's honestly understandable and if you look at the numbers following they, they kind of hype it up in the doc because you know that's what they're paid to do but if you look at his seasons after he gets paid really handsomely uh, especially when he leaves Chicago so it's not that big a deal but looking forward to this weekend we have Dennis Rodman for episode three and that is going to be insane we all know how crazy Dennis Rodman is. If you watched the uh, 30 for 30 on him recently that came out, he's, he's a psycho. And, and to have this all access, especially during this season, is going to be really, really fun. Um, and I don't know when, but I know we're going to have the bad boys of uh, Detroit as part of this doc too, uh, which is going to be cool seeing Jordan get into you know, lifting and building up the body and strength. Because he really was one of the first NBA players that – kind of put an emphasis on weight training. Uh, now we see guys do it all the time, and especially LeBron kind of owned that uh, when he first entered the league. So it's exciting stuff and going to be interesting to watch to help ease over the draft hangover. Yeah, no, it's clear that the entire world is missing sports action, and this is a great way to kind of give some content for everybody to gather around and watch together on TV. It premieres, everybody's looking forward to something. You can also watch ESPN+. Plus. So a lot of options. I mean, my family, we were eating dinner Wednesday night and ended up watching the 08 Olympics final between U.S. <laughs> and Spain. Like, we just needed yeah. something to watch. And that was a great game. You know, we got yeah. to see Kobe and M or not MJ, yeah. Kobe and D. Wade and LeBron. But at the same time, if we're doing that, <laughs> if we're watching a game that happened 12 years ago, I'd much rather see this behind-the-scenes look at the greatest player, arguably, I say so, of mm. all time in the NBA and just how his final season, final championship season went. So I'm with you. This is something yeah. that is worth sitting I mean, down for. We, we got to yeah. hope that once this, excuse me, 10-part documentary is done in five weeks, now four weeks' time, um, and I guess three weeks' time come Sunday, we got to hope that maybe we're making some closer strides to baseball coming back in some capacity uh, and we can really have some actual sports action taking place uh, besides the WNBA draft <laughs> because right. I know Schefter got screwed on, on saying it's the first action he's seen in a while. Um, but Hey, I even followed a little bit of the WNBA draft this year. Sabrina. So yeah, hyped, hyped. So, so hyped. Go I mean, Liberty. that is huge. Yeah. I, it's all I have now. Uh, screw, screw this team. I'm all in on the Liberty <laughs> this year. Um, but yeah, it, we need it. We need it desperately. I can't take it anymore. This week has helped, and it's going to be such a bad hangover when 
football is done with the draft and the MJ doc is over and we have nothing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was just about to say, what are we going to do when this draft ends? Like I I know South Korean baseball might be coming back soon. So maybe we all get into South Korean baseball, you know, but I would, I have nothing else to do. I'm totally fine with it. And I can't go back to not having anything because I've had this glorious week starting with the MJ doc and then the draft. And it just feels so right. And so good. We need to keep this going because I cannot make a summer with nothing. It's going to be terrible. This is supposed to be one of the best summers. We're going to have awesome Yankees. We're going to have the Olympics. It, uh, it sucks. And you um, know what we do have is Bachelor, listen to your heart. True. That is true. Now, I know you watched Too Hot to Handle, and I haven't watched it yet. Oh. I'm going to in probably the upcoming week. Uh, I'm just finishing up another show right now. But uh, I'm very excited to get into that. But – Listen to your heart. I actually watched this week's episode twice because I walked in my brother's room and he's watching and he's like, this show is awesome. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's one of the best bachelors. I'm really liking it. Uh, so this week we had, what's her name? Uh, who's the new girl that comes in all hot? Oh, from Natasha. Week? Natasha. So Natasha comes in with Major T on uh, oh, Trevor, mm, who's with yes. Jamie, and says that she she is friends with his ex-girlfriend. He cheated on her, um, emotionally cheated, <laughs> as Not he really, describes it yeah. on him. I'm a big fan of, of emotionally cheating now. That, <laughs> that's the new wave in 2020 is just, just emotionally cheat. Um, but yeah, Trevor is kind of caught like a deer in headlights with all that. He explains to Jamie what's going on. They seem to be okay. We had a nice date with Bree and Chris. who the guy is. Chris, bring Chris, cute, you know, cute couple there. There's yeah. nothing wrong there. If anything, it seems like a lot very soon, but they seem yeah. genuine. They really like each other. Um, and that's another thing my brother pointed out was that with musicians, uh, because they're so, most of the time are so passionate and true in their artwork, it comes through in their relationships. And I, I've been feeling that with this. No one really seems to be here for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Except for maybe Brandon. Uh, uh. No, I don't coming know. Coming in to next week. Well, just, I just because I, I don't know if he just hasn't like made up his mind yet on what he yeah. wants or if he's just kind of like letting the music stuff take the front seat and the relationship stuff, relationship stuff he's worrying about uh, on the, on the end. Um, well, this is like a lot quicker of a process for them than we're seeing. I, I think this isn't really like a week at a time. It's more like, back-to-back days you know when they are choosing between different people and he's got that stupid girl that i hate now because she sucks with sheridan julia is just going back and forth and being like oh i still like brandon so brandon's kind of like okay i'll be open doing that though because he does have a good thing with savannah but he's also you know if he likes julia because she's obviously into him and honestly if brandon came to her and said I'm into you. I actually want to try this out. Julie would leave Sheridan in a heartbeat. And she already has left Sheridan, which they had a phenomenal song. I watched it again and it was so good. Uh, And then, you know, Savannah, Brandon seems like there's big drama coming this week between that triangle. Uh, But poor Sheridan's at the middle of it. And I hope he doesn't get hurt because it's girl's choice again this week. So that's going to be interesting to watch. Oh, Um, I didn't even think of that. And then we had Rudy and Matt get back together. I'm cool with it. They I'm they, cool they work. It. They work well. I'm fine yeah. with it. It, it. I just hope that like that stays now, and and nothing else outside really messes that up. Uh, but then we have my dog Ryan. I'm all in on Ryan. Ryan's Let's go. I love that dude. He literally did nothing this entire week, and then <laughs> night of the rose ceremony, just starts chilling on the couch and makes out with two girls for no, like no one saw that coming. And one of them is Natasha, who's an absolute smoke that comes in and mm-hmm. immediately picks Ryan. And then he gets Rudy who, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a great interaction. Uh, but it doesn't still, matter. Ryan's <laughs> chilling. That is my guy in the show. Uh, I like Sheridan a lot too, but Sheridan and Ryan are the two guys I really like. Dude, Ryan also didn't do anything the first week. He just got there first when Jamie was the only person there. And that's why he got a date with Jamie. He's so sick. I love this dude. And he kills John Mayer. He's awesome on John Mayer music. Uh, But this week, looking ahead, really exciting because 
we are seeing a bit more of the competition aspect start uh, with the singing. So we're going to see these couples sing together from what I've seen. I mean, on the dates, we've had some pretty good um, songs already. I think Julia so far had the best voice. That was incredible. Um, Brandon's is dope. Brandon is awesome. And who could forget Michael Todd from week one? Oh my Um, goodness. Hot touch. He's literally going around the house now singing hot touch. And it's so funny. Let's go. Um, But and and Ryan on his date was pretty good too. But looking forward, I, we've seen previews of Rudy and Matt, and they sound pretty good together too. So I'm excited. I'm really really enjoying listening to your heart like a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't understand that they're like kind of. I thought they would decide the couples in a normal bachelor way, and then the competition would come after. But it seems like it's kind of intertwined the entire way. And the fact that the judges are like judging them on their partnership as well as the singing and like there's one of the previews i think it's about sheridan and julia or somebody yeah. and it's like this just there's something going on here this doesn't feel real like that's one of the judges saying so that. they're killing it on that stuff you know they're just mm. feeding them what to say oh yeah because they have the insight into what's going on in the house but i'm excited i'm really really liking listening to your heart it's a lot of it's fun. great and I, like you said too hot to handle I, I won't recap it right now but i do very much recommend it the fact that it's netflix bingeable i went through it in a night and then a morning i watched four at night and then i woke up and was like i'm finishing this and i just watched in bed until i was done i'm excited and, and we'll do a recap of that on here as well i'm so excited to get into yeah. that i'm sure it's going to be awesome uh just like we kind of did love is blind on the side as well uh, they need to get another season of that going. Netflix too. kills their uh, their dating shows. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, because it's so bingeable. Like, I need bingeable dating shows. That's what's awesome. Boom. There you go. It's that. And then it's like old Bachelor seasons that they have in their library, yeah. which is also super yeah. bingeable. <laughs> so, yeah, they've got I, a lot of I honestly might run through one of those Bachelor seasons because there's nothing else to do and yeah. just fully go through that in like a day. Um, but, yeah, that's about it for now. Uh, next week when we have an episode, I'm sure it'll be wrapping up the rest of the draft that occurs and anything else along the way and maybe some more of MJ Doc and Bachelor. Uh, but times are tough right now, so bear with us. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. We love you guys. Yeah. We hope you're all doing good, staying safe. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I'm hope- I wanted to shoot for twice a week episodes because we have the time. But it's like we don't have the news to cover it. So for now, we're going to stick to once a week and just hope that something happens in the sports world because it's always a possibility, whether it's baseball saying they're coming back or basketball you know, making an announcement or football, there's just a random trade that happens a week after the draft. It could happen. So we'll be very much adapting to what's going on in the sports world. I'd say expect a Tuesday episode where we recap all the things Jack just mentioned. And then again, if something else happens, maybe we do another Friday episode. It could be a new yeah. schedule. And if, if we're struggling on um, content and there hasn't been like in a week, a lot of sports content, we can always, uh, you know, try and broadcast a, a game played between us, whether that's 2K and kind of commentate our way through that or Madden or anything like that. Um, maybe we'll even start up a Madden league soon. We've been talking with some of the guys in big picture sports um, and we can even talk about that and what's going on with that too. Some kind of content. Uh, to get yeah. out there so, maybe we start interviewing some of the guys from them or also other podcast ideas that we have i know you have yours with dan i might be hop, uh, hopping on an nba one every so often with donnie and trabs so yeah, a lot I mean, of different options going on uh, yeah we'll we'll be popping up all over the place now that we're gonna be helping out so you'll see more of us but don't worry senior quotes isn't going anywhere no it's gonna be at the top of the list and uh we'll keep keep on chugging you know there's not much yeah. else we can do Yeah, so look out for any content that might come through there, whether it's blogs or different uh, podcasts or like Jack said, maybe we'll start commentating some sports video games, which would be a lot of fun. Let us know if you want that. But yeah, so other than that, expect an episode next week. Uh, Stay safe, stay healthy, and keep watching the NFL Draft because it's all we got at this point. Uh, But we will see you soon. See you guys.